A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode where today I'm joined, even joined, by a returning guest, Punit Bartia from Belgium. Punit, a very warm welcome to you again, sir. Thank you so much, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here and looking forward to the conversation. Listeners, Punit and I have done uh, quite a few podcasts together, but um, this is the second one in more recent times of a two-part series called Creating Impact. In fact, if we're going to be really, really on point about it, speaking from our hearts, creating impact. And the significance of that, listeners, is Punit and I have co-authored a book, Volume 11, within a 10, well, there's 10 previous volumes, and ours is the 11th. So it's an 11-volume, speaking from our hearts box set. And what we do in this book, we bring everything together that, you know, co-authors from those previous 10 anthologies have spoken about, people from all over the world, uh, selfless, dedicated individuals, sharing their vulnerability, sharing their stories. So 11 volumes. And you may recall on the first episode of this two-part miniseries, listeners, where we finished off speaking about the seven-step process, the first of which was fear. So maybe a good starting point within, you know, just a very, very, very brief recap on it from your perspective around that dreaded four-letter F word, fear. The simple thing is, it's not real. It's a false evidence that appears real. So use it to your advantage. Identify what is it guiding you? Where is it something that you have to act upon? Take that action rather than focusing on the fear. Look at why do you have that and focus on that why. Very, very succinctly put on that, you know, and I'm going to be kind of a little bit tongue in cheek here, this doesn't say it's as simple as that. The second point then, Bonnie, and this is a big one, well, two big areas, two massive areas in their own right, but I've put them together because there's a very, very strong relationship between beliefs and needs. What's your thought, Punit, around beliefs and needs? Well, that's a profound question. I mean, linking it to what is fear? Well, fear is whatever you come to believe it is. And what is a belief? A belief is what you believe in. And you have total control over what you believe. If you have total control of your beliefs, you can have more control over your life. So it's a chicken and an egg story. You can feel you're out of control or you are in control. But beliefs is what or belief is what drives a person. Let me give you a concrete example. So imagine wherever you are listening this podcast, maybe in your car or in your room or in your office or wherever you are or maybe walking Imagine yourself or believe yourself to be an accountant and look around. 
Look around the place and see what do you see. But believe that you are an accountant. And I'm very sure as you do that over the next few seconds, you will start to see objects and you'll start to put maybe price on them or start to think on them as money, as valuable or as having a notional value. Now, why did it happen? Because I asked you to believe as if you are an accountant. So that little shift in belief changed the way you are looking at things around you. And I can very much say the same thing. And I can say, imagine you are a scientist and you do the same thing again. And the same thing would happen. And I can do it in n number of ways. But what I, the point I'm making here is what you believe has a huge impact on the way you see things. Now, typically you have a impression of yourself and that's what you believe and that belief is coming through. So that's the first part. So belief is what you believe in. And once you change that, which is a challenging process, you can have a change in your life. There are many books saying change your thinking, change your life, change your beliefs, change your life, change your perspective, change your life, things like that. But along with it, there are needs and we call them the six human needs as we explain in the creating impact. One is the need for certainty. Every one of us wants certainty. I can have things. As soon as that is fulfilled, we want a little bit of uncertainty as well. That is, we want excitement. We want to have the opportunity not to know things and have that surprise element. And we also want to be significant, like I am, I'm capable, I can create impact. And while that comes along, we also have this need for love because we want to be felt appreciated. We want to be felt loved. And also we want to feel connected and that's the other need, connection. And while we do all this together, we want to grow. We want to contribute to the world. And that's how each one of those needs are. But it always starts with the lower level needs and then it evolves because you don't want to contribute to the society when your basic human needs, that is the need for certainty around food, shelter, and those things are not met. As soon as those are met, you want the next one and the next one and the next one. So when we talk about beliefs and needs, you got to be aware of what are your needs and what are you believing in and you need to, you should also change your beliefs from time to time because you need to look at, are your beliefs serving you, serving you to get to where you want to be? If they are, keep them. And if they are not serving you to achieve your purpose, to get to your place where you want to be, then it's time to reflect and maybe refresh, maybe realign, maybe reorient or maybe recreate beliefs. And you got to recreate your beliefs. Now you'll say, I cannot change my beliefs. And I agree with you. If you think so, that's true. But if you remember at the start of this conversation, I gave you an example. Think you are an accountant or think you are a scientist. The moment you think differently, moment you believe that you are, 
the things around you start to change. So it's a matter of changing that perception, changing that switch, if I may call it. It's the frequency at which you want to play. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's worth noting, listeners, that uh, on, on the note of beliefs that, uh, sorry, of needs, of needs, we as humans, we will meet those needs one way or another. The big question that underpins it is, are we meeting our needs in a disempowering or an empowering way? And, and what uh, what I write about within my story, um, that you know, Punnett and I spoke about in the first part of, of this two-part series, is I was meeting my needs in a very disempowering way through my alcohol and violence addiction. So just to be aware of that, we will meet the needs that you choose, and it is a choice. Now, of course, that's based on awareness because we don't know what we don't know. Yet again, in the first episode, we singled out the benefits of having a coach and a mentor. Absolutely crucial because you don't know what you don't know. And by standing on the, sh the shoulders of giants, you can see further. That brings us on to point three, Bonnie, changing values. Values are... You know, I've, I've heard the comment, uh, I haven't got time for values in my life. They're, they're a luxury, but they're not, are they? Values are such a critical, crucial part of our world, are they not? These are. I mean, the values concept is something I learned from Dr. John D. Martini. And if you are into it, everything that's happening in your life is driven by the order of your values or the priority of your values. So you got to be very much aware of what are your values and why are you favoring or disfavoring some of the activities in your life. And if you do that, you'll have a very clear handle on what your values are, what your beliefs are. And once you know that, the question is, what are the values you need or you would need if you want to make a change? And then it's about reprioritizing, which is a quite a challenge, which is not so easy. Well, there are various ways in which you can, I mean, work to change your values or the value hierarchy, as we call it. I mean, one of the ways which works is to find out reasons why you need something and link it to your value. I give you an example. So there's a student who likes to run horses. So his passion, his true value is thinking and working with horses. Now to tell that student that you need to study math, it's going to be a challenge because mathematics is not one of the values. His value is horses. His value is animals. His value is being with them, riding on them. And to tell him that you should study maths, it's a no-brainer. I mean, he will not find it easier. And that's where the shifting, the switching, the changing of values comes in. So, If in the normal flow, horse riding is my value and mathematics is not, there's no way I want to spend time on mathematics. I want to spend time, energy, effort, everything on horse riding. If I am to convince that student that by learning mathematics, by spending time on mathematics, I would get to be a better horse rider because I would know what do I have to do when the wind is blowing? 
I would know how much angle do I need when I need to jump my horse? How much of traction do I need? How much of different mathematical principles I need to apply? And that I can do, that is, I can become a good horse rider if and only if I have studied mathematical principles. Now we are creating an alignment between what he wants and what do we want him to do? And that's a very common example. Most commonly parents come in and say, our child doesn't study on this subject or he's not good at. The question is, what does he value? Does he have the same philosophy when you ask him to play video games? Certainly not. Does he have the same philosophy when you ask him to play? Certainly not, or generally not. So the question is, you got to find what excites or interests a person without any motivation, without any push. So you don't have to tell the kid, hey, it's long time you've been studying. Now it's time to play video games. Rather, it's other way around. Because the playing of video games, the horse riding, or all those things are natural. And what's natural, what's naturally valued, even now without knowledge, that's where we want to spend our time. But if you want to spend time on things which do not come naturally, you need to help yourself understand that the things you will do, like in the example, mathematics for a horse rider, how will it serve the other purpose? When you can do that, that's when the switching or reprioritization of values can happen. So that's one way of doing it. That is, you identify what you want to do, link it to how will it serve you in achieving the thing which you value the most. And once you've done that, you will do that thing and you will have greater wins, greater uh, success in life and you will make more impact as well. So when we look at this, listeners, these first three, the fear pandemic, beliefs and needs and changing values, they're very much the internal part of the process. It's all about us as an individual, what's going off inside of us. But we're starting to shift the focus now. And if you imagine, if you split the numbers at seven parts down the middle, the bit that sits in the middle is number four. So you've got three to the left, one, two, three, four sits in the middle, five, six, seven. The bit in the middle, imagine a seesaw. This is the fulcrum. And this is what I call from self to source. From some self with a small s. Me, myself and I. Who do I think I am? I am a human being. I am male. I am British. I have dark hair. Well, I'm flattering myself, listeners, because I haven't got much hair at all. But I'm sure you get the point. This identity of self, self, self. Some would call it ego. But there's a much higher part of us called the higher self. You could call it source as well. Because as part of being one, we are source. We are a small part of that. We're a big part of it. We are everything and nothing, listeners. That's a bit of Tao, Taoist philosophy there. But it's for me, it's become, I've come to understand it and embrace it really now. So there's this whole thing of whatever we've done in life or we think we've done, it's been an experience. And I mention this because don't we give ourselves hard times over the past? I should have done this. I wish I hadn't. Could have, would have, should have. All these things that our mind plays. So we're at this tipping point now, literally in the middle. 
listeners, where we raise awareness to say we have a choice. We can leave that behind. That past does not define us. Those experiences that happened, whether we judge them to have been good or bad or indifferent, that was just an experience and it's past. We take the learning from it and we move on. It's as simple as that. So it is about being in the middle before we can then make that transition to the second half, you know, around points five, six and seven, which look then more externally. So just to sum up, the first three are very much internal around fear, beliefs and needs and values. Now we're starting to change over from that self ego into something far, far bigger and more powerful. Funny, does that make sense the way I've conveyed that? Absolutely, it does. I think the first step in anything is mastering yourself, mastering your emotions, mastering your beliefs, mastering your needs, mastering your fear, and then learning to change and moving from you to outside. And as you do that, the core of it is your philosophy, your belief system, what you believe in and what, how do you think about life? What is your philosophy in life? And once you have that sorted, you're ready to make an impact, ready to create an impact. And that brings us, then, listeners, on to point five, step five, forgiveness and gratitude. They go hand in hand. Another, to use a punitism, another chicken and egg scenario. Which one comes first? I have my own thoughts. I have my own beliefs around what comes first. Does that make it right? No. Does it make it wrong? No. It makes it my model of the world, my truth. But irrespective, you know, listeners, none of this stuff is put across from an academic point of view. Punit and I created this 11th volume, volume book called Creating Impact, Speaking from Our Hearts, Creating Impact, to help people with practical everyday insights, not sitting and discussing things from a high-level academic theoretical point of view, um, because we're not after our PhDs, we're after trying to help people by sharing what, what we believe uh, based on our experiences, which in many respects have been quite diverse. But in, isn't it interesting, listeners, that although we've got completely from different diverse experiences, we've kind of landed in the same place. And that's manifested through the book that we've co-authored. So forgiveness and gratitude. And my rationale on that is forgiveness comes first because we then create space to be able to offer gratitude. That's just mine. There are opposing views that say, well, actually, by focusing on gratitude, your forgiveness becomes stronger. You know, your, your holding grudges just dilutes and dissipates and becomes less and less. Any thoughts on forgiveness and gratitude, Bonnet? Well, I share your view that both forgiveness and gratitude are important in case you want to create impact. Because to create impact, you need to take action. And to take action, you need to have a solid platform on which you're launching yourself. So if you have grudges, if you are ungrateful, which is opposite of being forgiving and grateful, you don't have a solid foundation because deep inside you, 
there is not enough conviction. So you need to let go and forgive everything that has happened in your life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And more importantly, the ugly and the bad. So you need to let go, forgive people, forgive events, and forgive everyone else, not for others, but for yourself. Because imagine you have a grudge that somebody abused you, shouted at you, exploited you long back. Now, maybe that person is dead. Maybe that person is alive. But who is holding that thought in his or her mind? It's you. Who needs forgiveness, they or you? Well, if you say that person was arrogant and always like that, that means that person would have abused, shouted, manipulated, taken advantage of many, 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 many people. And if they have taken advantage of so many people, would they have that much of a baggage in their mind? Probably not. But who is carrying that baggage? It is you. So you need to forgive. You need to let go of those thoughts and move on with your life. Because unless and until you do that, it is disturbing you. It is creating an imbalance of emotions in you. And that's what forgiveness is all about. So forgiveness is about letting go of the negative thoughts, letting go of the negative uh, feelings so that you can move on with your life. So it's not about forgiving others. Of course, that's one part of it, but it is end of the day about you feeling empty, feeling neutral to start with. And when you have forgiven your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, and the other person all combined in your mind, you're ready for the gratitude. And when you're ready for the gratitude, then it starts. What are you grateful for? Because what are you as an individual? You can say, I, I did this, I did that, I did that. And I asked you, are there not other people who do similar things and do not have similar results? Well, there are. And if there are, the question is, what is special about you? And you can usually defend if you have a lot of ego or you'll say, I don't know, maybe I'm lucky. So if you don't know and if you are lucky or even if you have taken action, there are some things which the universe has played in to orchestrate that you win or you have those things in your life. So if those things are there in your life, you got to be grateful for that. And that's where gratefulness comes in, being thankful for. I mean, who decides that you are alive? And how long? Nobody. Or you don't know. Because that is completely out of, outside of your control. So there are things which are outside of your control. And there are things which are in your control. But for the things which are outside of your control, and they are happening... At the very least, you are alive. At the very least, you are listening to this. At the very least, you are able to think about this. So be grateful for those feelings, those thoughts, those emotions. So in my view, once you have let go of the negative and forgiven yourself about those situations, you are ready for the attitude of gratitude. And then 
your mind, your body, your soul and your spirit is filled with the right environment or is in the right space to attract love, to move forward, to create impact. Because before that, it was all a chaotic place. So forgiveness and gratitude are those two important steps which will take you from chaos to bliss. Interesting. Love the way you use that word, love, towards the, the end there because that brings us nicely into the sixth aspect, the, the sixth part of the, uh, the stepping stones upon it, which is, as you know, is the love-inspired projects. Even given that an acronym, listeners, LIPS. You know, there's that kind of, I don't know, it conjures up that lips, that that emotion, doesn't it? Um, Love-inspired projects. In other words, we started out in turn with internal fear. We've gone on this journey of, in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, discovery, self-discovery. We've gone on this internal journey of self-discovery and we're emerging to look at more external things like love-inspired projects. That manifests for me personally through World Game Changers and the projects that we're doing. We've got an amazing family, an amazing movement that's growing of selfless, dedicated, beautiful people that give their hearts. They speak from their hearts, listeners. You know, by the fact that you're on this podcast as a listener actually brings you in as one of those. And isn't it true as well that... You know, Pony, I asked this question of you that, um, and I know we've had many conversations around this, so it's not really a question, but um, I suppose, listeners, for, from your perspective, it might come across as a question, and it's this. Pony, do you think the outside world already realises that the projects that they're doing, and projects is probably the, the wrong word, but the things they do in life, actually, for the vast majority of people that are loving, are compassionate, are caring, they're already world game changers, but probably not, not aware of it as yet. Would you agree with that? I would. I mean, the question is, what is world? That's defined by you. Maybe your world, your definition of impact is, I want to get the next promotion. Maybe your definition of the world is, I want to do something, which is maybe as simple as, polishing your nails or maybe it is about running your business successfully maybe it is about achieving spiritual bliss so whatever you define as your world as your next big thing as your way of creating impact as your way of changing the world because the world it can be as narrow as polishing your nails to as great as eradicating polio so it depends where you are playing and what your space is it is exactly creating impact in that space in that mindset and it's about expanding that mind expanding that space expanding that horizon expanding the scope of your action and the impact of your actions mm. love inspired projects listeners you know years ago um, i used to get myself in quite a lot of deep water over she's just a housewife oh, listeners it used to draw i used to get in fights over that statement you know 
people, guys making statements about, you know, our beautiful sisters, our women folk, she's just a housewife. And for me, that is arguably one of the best. And I'm going to be kind of, I suppose, a little bit controversial. If you want to frame it as a project, it's not a project. It's a way of life. But I use it and I'm being a little bit sort of challenging on this to say that what what better vocation can there be? What better project, if you want to frame it in that way, to be responsible for nurturing our our young, you know, being a loving, caring mother, You know, and, you know, and that may even slightly offend some people to say, well, actually not all, you know, children are brought up nurtured by mothers per se. And I understand that. So please believe me, listeners, I'm not being insensitive or, you know, even remotely, hopefully disrespectful. But I'm, I'm sharing my story of my experience of what I've seen around the power of that beautiful divine feminine energy in nurturing our young. That's quite a sort of, um, I don't know, maybe a contentious few statements in there. Do you, do you care to pick the bones out of anything I've said there? It's quite profound. And I can understand that from your experience, you can say that. And from where I am, I think uh, I still have some uh, steps to take. Hmm. So finally, listeners, then part seven, part seven of the seven steps. And that brings us on to new purposeful living because we're, we're, you know, we land in a place of love or greater love. We land in a greater place, greater love um, of going through this process. Does that mean we've arrived and that's it? No, because part of new purposeful living uh, the, you know, the step seven there is actually continuous improvement. Where am I today? Where am I at this moment in life? What can I do better? How can I serve better? Me, you know, how can I be better, be the best version I could be? That self-inquiry, that self-empowerment, it all becomes about self, self, self. But the big difference, listeners, is The self at stage seven is very much on a higher self as opposed to the self of fear in stage one where it's ego driven, me, myself and I. So we've landed at this place, Punit. Um, Any sum, any sum up thoughts, views um, and listeners, I do want to honor Punit for the amazing content and the time, the countless hours that we've spent but you know, never mind so much about what I've spent, but what he's spent in imparting his experience, his wisdom in this book, speaking from our hearts, volume 11, creating impact. Any summary thoughts on it? I would say first and foremost, thanks so much for having me and thanks so much for the collaboration we have had. But for the listener's perspective, I think three things. Be aware about who you are, what you want to be, and what is it, we call that the larger purpose for which you are working on. Spend some time and energy finding that. Then look at what are your fears, what are your beliefs, what are your needs that need to be managed, that needs to be looked into. Manage that and create a philosophy in terms of 
how you will look at creating impact. And then third, go all out, serve the mankind because you have it in you because you are special and it's you who is unique. Everyone else is taken. So be yourself and create an impact. Beautifully summarized, beautifully summarized. And, and really, listeners, that, that's kind of the top and bottom of the, um, the journey that Punit and I have been on through, um, you know, through co-creating this volume 11 book, Creating Impact. And um, as I say, I just want to sort of, re, you know, reaffirm something I've said sort of at least semi-consistently throughout this two-part, um, this two-part share, that it is part of an 11 volume box series. And brings in many, many, many selfless, dedicated co-authors from the four corners of the world, each sharing their story. And what Punit and I have tried to do is, is bring that all together by leaving you with some very, very practical steps. Hopefully you'll find the, you know, the, uh, the books in, inspirational and helpful, to say the least. And, and I think all that remains now um, actually upon it, but I'm very remiss. I was just about to go into my closing remarks, but I forgot to say, how can people, you know, people know where to get me, obviously through this podcast, but what about you, Pony? What's your contact details? Reminders of them again, if you will, please. Sure. So I can be found on social media, more simply on LinkedIn, search Punit Bhatia, that's P-U-N-I-T, space B-H-A-T-I-A. And you'll find a person with somewhere having credentials in data privacy enterprise space. And that's me. And yes, that's the other person I am. I am the data privacy expert. I'm a philosopher. I'm a writer of this book or co-author of this book, creating impact and so on. Just find me, let's connect and talk about what's going on in your life and what are you creating impact about. And on that impactful note, listeners, thank you for being part of the journey. And all that remains now is for me to sign off the way I always do by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?